You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another special episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, and I'm here with someone that's very, very near and dear to my heart. It's Amish Phil. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Nice yes. to be back, back on the show. I mean, this is number, is this number four, is it? Kiss all the people in the crowd. Kiss them on the lips, just like that one guy that used to kiss them on the lips when they would go ring the thing. Who is it, Ugh. Bob Barker? Ugh, what a creep. You don't remember that? Uh, Bob, but we didn't have Bob Barker. Is that wheel? Is that Family Fortunes? A Wheel of Fortune? I don't know if it was Bob Barker or somebody else, but he used to kiss contestants on the lips as they would approach the thing. He would kiss them right on the lips, and I'm like, that's a very weird, strange way to greet somebody. What a creep! But you know what episode this is? No, nine hundred. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant. And I got some Congrats. news for you. I got some yeah, go on. big news. I've discovered two things. One, I got, all right, so I got a, they're kind of theories, but one is about discovering the universe and the other one is Atlantis. Which one do you want to hear? Um, let's start with Atlantis. Okay. So the key door to Atlantis I have now found out is in the deepest part of your pool and you're supposed to hold your breath until after you black out and then you don't die. You just get thrown into Atlantis. Your swimming pool, you mean? Yes. Right. So it's in every swimming pool, is it? Yeah. Well, I recommend going deeper than knee deep or ankle deep because then in the obituary, you're not going to come off like a like an idiot. What about just like a puddle? Yeah. If you you... Drown... There's some deep puddles, though. I, once I saw a person go down and want to never come back up. So I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Um, wormholes at the bottle of swimming pools. I'm not buying it. I don't see how that works. Does the pool guy fit it when he comes and puts your pool in? Maybe he's the secret time traveler of the universe like Chevy Chase and Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, I've not, still not seen that. It's an old 80s film, isn't it? 80s film? It came out in like 2000. Oh, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. Some type of thing where they were all at a lodge and there's probably a ghastly murder. That's a, that's a word you guys use over there, right? Ghastly? Ghastly. Ghastly, darling. Yes, you're so ghastly. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if you want to talk about the pool filter or the pool drain at the bottom that always scares the crap out of me ever since I saw Final Destination and the guy got sucked up into the thing where his organs came out. Um, <sighs> it's a great way to start 900. Thank you, everybody, for uh, taking the journey with me along this far. It's been a pleasure. Um, it's a hell of a lot of podcasts that, Robbie. Yeah, a lot of people don't like me posting that much content. It makes them look bad when they only post 20-minute episodes and they complain about posting one of those a month. I'm like, hey, work at wow. your own pace. I'm just a lonely person that wants to talk to people. Yeah, and you're doing it sort of the JRE way, really. I presume you don't do a lot of prep Not for each episode. Depends. 
because if I have a certain topic I want to focus on, like since YouTube flagged that one video and put it back up, I got really interested into the tech world. And I've had a couple people on talk about like working for software companies in the Philippines talking about like, oh, yeah, I create like troll accounts and I go and find people I can be able to track them and locate them. And I'm like, it's very, very interesting because I feel like if you gave the world the opportunity to find anyone who is talking shit about them or saying some type of negative thing that you don't like, if you gave them the opportunity and the tools to be able to track that person down and find out where that person is located, I guarantee you you're going to see a lot of fucking murders. You've, you've had a troll hunter. Yeah, well, she's a good friend of mine. She's a troll hunter. I guess. She more likely just goes after people that follow the band BTS and try and put out fake information about them. Does she find them usually under bridges? You don't... Look, here... <sighs> Here's the thing is, if you are going to, you want the person in like Billy Madison, where he crosses Billy's name off the fucking board with the red lipstick. Did you ever see Billy Madison? Yeah, I'm sure I have. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin, isn't it? Steve, Adam Sandler? <laughs> um, Steve Buscemi takes a red lipstick thing and crosses Billy's name at, off after the list or whatever, because he apologized and called him and said he was sorry for bullying him in high school. You don't want to be an enemy with that guy. You want to be friends with him because you know for a fact that if anybody ever, ever, ever tries to stop you from running into a presidential candidate spot, they're going to find that person and kill him. Yeah, I, I think I can comfortably say that I, don't, I have zero enemies. I don't think I have an, a, a single enemy in the world. I know you have Papa John, but I think I've escaped uh, enemy free. We're, we're at a stalemate, me and Papa John. He'll come on the show eventually. <laughs> Okay. Once he unblocks me from his Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love, I don't really like your pizza. I can't say I love it, but you got to tell me through all the guests that you've had, you've never had one that's like, you don't keep in contact with because they're a bit loony. Oh, um, no, no, I won't go that far. I'm quite um, sympathetic to people. I think uh, probably a lot of people who hear some of our guests will think, wow, they're well off the reservation or whatever. But I'm I'm very sympathetic to people with different views. I, I guess we have different versions of loony. I don't mean someone that believes that the earth is flat. I mean someone that believes that there's only one supreme race and you're just like, I right, that guy's not coming oh. back on the fucking show. Oh, that's yeah, that's more sort of uh, bigoted or, or racist or But yeah, that's a form I mean, of looniness. Yeah, true. You're right. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Um I, I guess because we we I think um I tend to research the guests a little bit, and if I had any inkling that someone had views like that, I wouldn't let them anywhere near. Oh, so you don't do what I do and just reach out to random people, and then you get one that's like maybe a severe social justice warrior that believes that every single person needs to apologize for the things of the past. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? That's what you believe? Yes. And then they, <sighs> they take their bang haircut and walk out the door. I'm like, I'm sorry. I love you. Come back to my show. Right, that's sort of the extreme on the other end of the spectrum, isn't it? That's why the conspiracies are fun. Yeah, I, I, we know. I don't think we've any, any had any hardcore social justice warriors. I think I would, I would be, I try and be, um, I try and be very, quite non-confrontational with our guests. I'm just sort of, it's like an open platform and exploratory kind of conversation. And I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself if we had a, like a hardcore SJW. I think I would have to keep pushing back all the time and it, it could soon turn into like an argument or a debate. And I just don't really want that. I, it's supposed I see, to be fun. I know, but I like the intellectual like back and forths and stuff like that, but I don't 
I don't think it necessarily needs to turn to an argument, but that's always how it goes. It always ends up like this person's not fucking getting me. And then they put their hand through their hair like Kramer and they fucking go on this long 40 minute tangent where they go, I don't even want to talk about this. And then they add another thing and they go, I don't want to talk about this. And they add another thing. And you're like, Jesus Christ, you obviously want to talk about it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I'd, I'd be okay for sort of facilitating. We've been asked a couple of times to set up debates Ooh, between people. And I've sort of thought about it and I'm not sure I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind sort of moderating in that sense. But the thing is like other podcasts like Tim Foyle Hat have covered all that ground. They've done, you know, flat earth debates and uh, debates on the occult and stuff. So I don't know what I would add to that. What's one thing throughout your show that you've wanted to explore that you haven't explored? Something that hopefully in the next couple of months we're going to do which is like um alternative theories for early christianity what are some alternative theories jesus wasn't crucified that um he went off with thomas went (laughs) off to the east i had a great idea about this so they buried him in a cave right and then apparently they came back and the boulder had moved i go maybe that was like an old school oven they were cooking him Remember that how you, you know when you make a campfire, you pile up sticks in the form of a teepee, and then you light a match, and it helps get the. Maybe they were doing that with the brick oven. They were just sticking uh, him in there, and they put the rock over there, and they lit a match and let the thing heat up from the inside, and that's why they couldn't find him there, and they had to move the rock to get the smoke to come out. Um, I've not heard that one. So, so I made it up. So I hopefully you didn't. Yeah, hear it. I'd be unoriginal. Then what's this show? Unoriginalness? No. Um. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's quite clear in the text that he was put laid in a tomb, not barbecued. So why would they include include that in the Bible? You well, know they don't talk it, about in the Bible is that Adam and Eve, did they have belly buttons? Yeah, good point. It's they were like that. They're the first people. They obviously didn't have umbilical cords. Well, why is every damn representation in every cartoon child's book that's teaching me about life and God and the snake and the tree and the apple? Why is it an apple? What about a there's, peach? There's a simple explanation for that. What? Right. If, if you're making the first, let's sort of take the creation story as it is in, in Genesis, right? If you're, if you're a God and you're making the first viable couple, you need to make them capable of procreation so their dna has to have the umbilical cord for it to go into the next the children yeah but would they have an umbilical cord and seth sorry would they have an umbilical cord though yeah because it's written in the genes of adam and eve okay but if you you make if you make adam and eve without belly buttons here comes then then there is no procreation because there is nothing in adam and eve's dna to pass that on to make a viable embryo and then carry a baby to term the what you the, yeah there would be no umbilical cord because there is no nothing in the dna but how do we explain maybe a couple that has a blonde haired baby and neither of them have blonde hair but maybe in their ancestral line they have a person that has blonde hair it's passed down traits so maybe they have a dormant gene inside of them that's the umbilical cord they have hair just that's just the color difference that's just that's natural a, that's variation a, that's a trait that gets passed uh, belly, down belly buttons are essential Two, uh, <laughs> aren't they? It's not like it's essential from when you're born because you were connected to your mother. But if Adam and Eve had just been created, they weren't connected to anything. They were made out of thin air or particles. They were made out of clay. <laughs> yeah, 
But the the point is, is that there has to be something when you make the first two humans, you've got to make something. You've got to have the code. How does that the DNA to make it to make it work for the next generation? How do you how do how do how are humans made? What do you mean? Are we, like, do you, want... you, you did the pancaking. When a, when a mummy building and, collapsing, when... I'm wondering what you're going to describe <laughs> to me about the, the mating rituals. When a mummy and daddy love each other very much, and they have and they get married, and then they, they do this thing called sex, and and the man does a sex wee in the woman, and then the woman's tummy gets big, and nine months later the baby comes out of her bottom. And then you're locked down for life. <laughs> So you go get a pack of smokes and never come back. <laughs> Should turn that into a pop-up book. Yeah. Little pictures. Do you think it there. would sell? I think probably. I mean, what's a, a mental capacity or age of a 12-year-old kid now is probably like 35. I mean, if no sleep ages you mentally by 30 years from what I found out, then maybe a child who's exposed to so much social media and so much internet exposure is probably aged to like their 50s. Yeah, you got to worry about that sort of stuff. And there's this sort of sort of push to make um, sex ed go down to younger, younger ages in schools that I'm not particularly comfortable with. It's like, why can't we just let them be kids for a bit? Cause and let the parents, let, you know, that should be the parents' job. Because eventually, after the 13th boner in the first three periods that they have in school, you got to teach them where that's coming from. Yeah, fine. Once, once they hit puberty... Then that to me that makes sense to be a good place to start, but not not four and five year olds. I don't think they have any any need need to know. I wonder if like the next couple of years, they're see they're finding depression in younger and younger ages. I wonder if that also speeds up your hormone processes as well too, where eventually kids they're going to get hit puberty at younger and younger ages. Your baby's going to come out of the womb and have a straight up full on like nine inch hard on. You're like, what the hell? Obviously, you weren't having sex with me because that's not from my loins. <laughs> uh, that's a disturbing thought. Think it through. We can go back to I, the I pool one if you want. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one you said other than Atlantis? Oh, well, the beginning of the universe, was it? Well, no, they talk about the universal codes. Like there's universal codes to life, right? Like there's the coding of the universe, I would say. And I think it's the Macarena. Oh, do you mean this is like the some mathematicians or something said that they thought there was a pattern or something in the background radiation or something? I bet if we really examined that noise in the bottom of the ocean, the bloop, I bet there's like a, a something there. If we can find it on a deeper layer, be able to bring out the noise and bring down the distortion of it, you'll be able to find like a secret like rhythm or hum that might be the perfect thing. Like, I think that's what the simulation is. If there is a simulation, I think that all these successful people just found a way. And every time I've ever heard a successful person explain how they got success, they're like, I don't know. I just found my rhythm. They always say to you, Phil, one day you're just going to, it's all going to click. It's all going to come together. It's all going to a rhythm. Maybe you slip into that rhythm. One day you're at a seven 11, instead of reaching for a thing of peanut M&Ms, you reach for some Skittles. You fucking hate Skittles. Why did they make a sour version? I don't know, but they did. And you picked it. Then you ate it and everything unfolded together. Next thing you know, you're creating a Tesla bot. And next thing you know, you're sticking neurochips into people's heads. And next thing you know, you're creating a, a squatty potty. And you're like, oh, so many ideas, so little time. And next thing you know, you end up dying because you slipped into the simulation. And that's when the clock started ticking. 
Wow. It's funny how, how small decisions can alter the course of your life, isn't it? Like a butterfly think, effect? Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, it depends how far back. Sometimes you can go back like 20 years in your life and you can put one slight twist of fate or one decision and you, you sort of work it back and you think, crikey, that's changed the entire course of my life. It's bizarre, isn't it? It makes you wonder about fate and free will and whether, uh, you know, predestiny, that sort of stuff. Maybe if I wouldn't have eaten that Flintstone gummy when I was a kid, that was basically like eating chalk that's been in a storage facility for 50 years and not a dry storage facility, like where the box is damp and you're like, do I have a leak in my storage facility? Um, maybe I would have got COVID by now if I wouldn't have had those gummies as a kid. Have you not had COVID? No. No. I had a I dentist that had it and he had his hands in my mouth. So it's very strange. Did he have COVID at the time? Yeah, he didn't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I'm, I don't know. I had a very bad cough in uh, winter of 2019. Everybody thinks they fucking had it in like January or fucking December. I remember having this one flu I couldn't get up from. I'm like, but was it that? Like, did you get it tested? Well, there wasn't any tests then. There was no pandemic. Oh, they didn't have a Q-tip that they jammed up your fucking nose to be able to pull a piece of your brain no. out and be able to scan your DNA? No, this was like a month before it was all announced in China. And I had a bad cough for like four weeks that I couldn't shake. Did you cover your Maybe. mouth? No, nah, well, yeah, usually. I usually do. Usually cough into no, my... You said no at first. I don't trust you now. <laughs> well, if I'm on my own, I wouldn't cover my mouth. But usually I use the uh, my crook of my elbow <coughs> like that. But there's still like a giant <laughs> gap that just comes out. Yeah, it's probably about as useful as wearing a mask, isn't it? We're not going to do this. <laughs> YouTube is going to flag I... the shit out of it. <laughs> so I don't know. I wonder how I can't have had it because with my job, I sometimes go into three, four houses a day, five days a week with, you know, the great unwashed, the, the gen pop. And uh, yeah, don't bother with masks or anything. And so I think, well, how, how have I not got it? I kind of accepted it when I used a Royal Farms, which is like a gas station, really crappy gas station bathroom. And I was like, just by touching this dorm, I'm accepting anything that now inserts into my body. And sadly, I had to stay away from the glory hole because I'm not accepting that. Yeah, I think this should be. Is there? What's the protocol for a glory hole? Don't look through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fucking you shoot your eye out. <laughs> yeah, you can end up with a glass eye. Or a, a pearl necklace. I'm thinking about something else that's going through it. Like, we you know the hot dogs on the rollers at 7-Eleven or a gas station, <laughs> but they have like a pretzel bun and then they just slip out of it. And you're like, I got to push the hot dog back into my roll so I can eat it properly. Yeah. I was just watching that. someone's cock. They had baseball on the TV and everyone's eating hot dogs because that's like a baseball food. But the hot dog was way too big for the bun. And I'm like, this is just like. I just, I could, I could narrate over it where I was like, eat it, you fat fuck. And I just started going like deep into it. Like, like the way that they were doing it, it's just this giant, it's off the bun by like three inches. Easy. Well, have you, have you ever had a, a hot, hot dog at a ball game? A what? A hot dog at a ball game. A hot dog at a ball game. I thought you said you ever had a hot dog while wearing a ball gag. I was like, give me a second here. <laughs> Um, <coughs> no, I've never had a hot dog at a ball game. My thing was always peanuts, cracking them and then eating them. 
but then you threw the shells on the ground and you're like, some piece of shit's going to clean this up. And I'm like, damn, that was disrespectful. I'd put them back in the bag. Are you one of those guys who, who has the, the your nuts in your hand and you then sort of, you sort of, um, no, not like flick. that. I know what you're talking about. You flick them into your, yeah. Yeah. Like fist, you, you, you fist your nuts into, into your mouth. No, but when I was a kid, I used to take a peanut and crack it with my teeth. And then I used to open up and take the nuts out and then do it that way. Wow. We have, um, like we have salted peanuts and we have dry roasted peanuts, but they're not in shells. Yeah. They're open. Yeah. We have those too, but they only serve that type of circus peanut at like a freaking baseball game. Right. Or airplanes used to get little packets of them on airplanes when I was a kid. Used to be able to smoke on airplanes too. True. Yeah. Used to be able to go on airplanes. I don't think I'm going to be able to go on an airplane again. <laughs> You'll be able to one day. Yeah, maybe in a th three, three, yeah, three years, maybe I think. On your ninetieth birthday, we'll be able to. There's so many, so many places I want to visit. You know, like places America? on my bucket list. Yeah, I'd like to have a hot dog at a ball game. I would. <laughs> if you come to the states, I will 100% take you to a ball game, and I'll get you a hot dog. But I'm not eating one. Who's your uh, your nearest ML MLB team? Orioles. Oreos. Orioles. <laughs> Orioles. Which which city is that? Orioles. Baltimore. Baltimore. The thing is, it's confusing for us because the it, because of the franchise system where different cities take over different teams. It's really it just doesn't make sense to us. Yeah, it's because confusing we have, to me why you guys drive on the left side of the road. Yeah, but I mean, uh, wasn't L.A. Dodgers once the L.A. Chargers or something? I don't follow Bob baseball. No, I don't, but I'm, but like the same city will have a different name. Like every 10 years, it'll swap name or something. I just something. go to the games to watch the madness ensue when someone gets hit with a foul ball. I watched a woman get hit with a 90-mile-an-hour fastball just straight to the fucking face, and she was in, like, she was 85, easy. Paramedics <sighs> came. I went so, because there's a local game, like a local one, so we're not talking about major league, but minor leagues for sure. There's a thing mm. called the Shorebirds. Every time I went on this, like, for like this whole month, I was like, oh, it's a dollar a ticket. A hundred percent. It's a good way to spend like a day off or something. You go like once a week. You just got to bring a can item in there because you do a canned food drive. It's how they incentivize people to be good people by doing something. You get something at a cheaper price. Um, oh, good. But I showed up. There was like five people that one game that just got and I was only there for six innings that just got hit with a foul ball and a woman got hit with like a, like, I guess a guy hit it and the ball just like it hit the bat in such a way where it just flung off to the left as fast as possible and just click clock right in the fucking nose. And I mean, just it was either the nose or like her chin or something, but her head went back and I was like, you could just see gushing blood just going down. And I was like, ah, and a paramedic came, everybody's around her. And I'm like, bruh, is this like a random like day that I came where there's just a massive amount of fall foul balls that happen they go no nah, it happens all the time i'm like can they make the fucking net bigger well then it obstructs the game so you're gonna let people get a line drive to the fucking head all because you don't want to obstruct your view well it happened this week and uh, one of the major league pitchers took a line drive to the face didn't he i don't know if you saw it did his sunglasses come off i think he broke his cheekbone or his, in his jaw or something it, it looked pretty nasty. I saw I a guy with, name. I saw a guy on the Dodgers that got hit in the head with um, a baseball, but um, you get to see everybody in the background stand up with their hands on their head like, oh, my God. But um, he was hit like a couple weeks ago. I don't think he was hit last week. It's uh, not as bad as being hit by a cricket ball. Yeah, those are harder and they go faster. 
Yeah, there was a, a tragic uh, case. Uh, Australian international uh, national player died and killed. Ch- did he get hit in the chest? Um, I'm trying to remember now. It was Phil Hughes. Ball Phil just Hugh. fucking made a hole in his chest that just went all the way through. You could see through it. I think he, I think he got hit in the head. Phil Phil Hughes, I want to say his name was. It's a few years ago now. But they're, they're seriously hard cricket balls. Why don't people just golf? I don't even like watching golf, but I don't see any injury that happens unless you're like hitting a putt or something like that and the, you spontaneously combust. I don't know. Oh, I, I hit my mate with a golf ball once. Was he standing where you were hitting? He was about maybe 30 yards ahead of me, just off to one side. Well, that's your uh, fault. Why? Because you hit him in the head. He was right well, in front of him. you. I hit him on the back of the knee. That's like hold this hold this dartboard up while I throw a dart at it. You gotta bet me, that hundred percent it's gonna end up hitting them. Me and one of my mates, we used to uh, Amish Matt actually, Amish Matt from our podcast. Uh, his dad used to have a couple of golf old golf bats, not like a golf set, just a couple of old bats, nine iron and eight iron and something else. And uh, when we were like, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, we used to go on the school playing fields with like two golf clubs and a load of balls and just try smashing balls at the school, like from a distance, see how, how far we, did, we could hit it, uh, hit the ball. And yeah, I sort of, uh, I sort of I whiffed at one and, and caught him on the back of the knee and watched him crumple into a pile. I, um, you're a good friend. I uh, used to live by a golf course. So we, this is around the time Jackass was really big. So they did the golf course, like where they had the air horn and we thought it would be funny to go do that, (laughs) but we didn't have an air horn. So we just went over there and we screamed really loud when a person would go and putt, we'd like hide in the bushes and scream because there was nothing but trees near this golf course. We could usually hide the trees. And, um, so many old people would get so pissed where they actually called cops and then we came back like an hour later after, you know, ran off and we came back and there were cops waiting for us. And they're like, you can't be, you're disordering the game. I'm like, but is it illegal? Like, well, technically they could file a complaint against you. And then it's a noise violation. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I was only like 13 at the time. So I didn't know the full extent of the law, but I look back on it. And I'm like, <laughs> you just tried to outsmart a 13 year old. And I'm like, I get it because I didn't know shit, but it's like when you see a lawyer get pulled over and then the lawyer's talking shit around the cop, like you're doing this, this isn't wrong. This isn't within my rights. And then you're like, Oh my God, sometimes it's like a round of applause, but then you get that one person that took meth earlier that day and tries to talk their way around the cop. And you're like, this is just awful. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm not one of those guys who like knows all my rights or anything. I just, I haven't got time. You don't need to know them. You got guns. You got to protect yourself with them guns. We haven't got guns. Oh, that's right. You're in the UK. No, you, there is. You can have some guns. I think you can have a shotgun, like for hunting. Let's bring back um, brass knuckles. Yeah, anyone can have them. Probably make your own. Like back in the moonshining days, and they used to have brass knuckles and knives. I'd rather have like the kickboxing gloves. You know, the the wraps that you dip in, like boiling oil, and then screws. Do you remember what? that film? What? Jean-Claude Van Damme film. I don't remember that one. Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. The muscles from Brazil's. You're, you saying Ish. it in a different tone is not going to help me remember the movie if I've never seen it. You don't remember the film with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Why do you sound Kick- American when you say that? Kickboxer. He was so hurt when he was fighting in the ring. No? 
Anyways, find the main guy and like Hold they on. put these stop, wraps on. Stop, stop. Go back to your American accent and keep it through the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I feel more comfortable. <laughs> that was supposed to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sounded like an American kid that just got well, he, kicked in the knee and needed a lollipop or he was going to cry his ass off. He has an Americanized accent. What can I say? But in the, in the, like the end scene when he's fighting the big bad guy, they put these wraps on them and then they offer them like different trays of shit that you can... So they dip him in like glue or boiling oil or whatever. And then he, he, he dips him in glass or nails or screws or something. And that's how they fight. It's just to make the fight more interesting. I thought you would have seen it. You're not a big uh, J, J, V, C, D. Was it JC, JCVD fan? I've seen him in like a movie that I wasn't expecting to see him in. And then I've also seen him in a movie like um, that one where they crashed on an island. And he's got to teach them like ways to get over the, it's like a corporate retreat, but they ended up crashing or their plane. Ended up, it, that's what they said. And then the plane actually eventually didn't end up turning back on. So they actually were stranded at some point, but then they're like doing scream therapy and they're all just screaming at the ocean and they're screaming into the water. And this little Asian guy comes up and he's a popular dude. I don't, I forgot what movie he was in, but he comes up. He goes, when I was a kid, my parents would make cake and they wouldn't let me eat enemy. I had to practice violin. And he just screams. <laughs> and Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme just wipes a tear from his eye and walks up and hugs the guy. He goes, you did great. And then he walks him off. But he told everybody else before that they, they did shit at screaming. They were like pieces of shit. He was just yelling at him. And then that one guy screamed and it brought a tear to his eye. And he wiped it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Have you not seen uh, Street Fighter, the Street Fighter movie with John claude Van Damme? No. How many times are you going to ask me? Oh, ask me in a I've British asked accent. You I've asked you before about that. Is that the movie you were just explaining to me for like five minutes? No, that was oh. Kickboxer. Okay. I don't know. How many fighting movies is he in? Does he ever all branch of them, out? All of them. <laughs> Does he ever branch out of his category? True. Uh, there was a film, I want to say about 10 years ago, and I've not seen, but it's supposed to be really good, and it's called JCVD. And it's like um, like a mockumentary, mock documentary of him as being like a washed up actor. If you could choose to be in a film, would you prefer to be in an action film or would you prefer to be in a film that doesn't get a lot of a, or a, an action film, a comedy film, a drama film, or like a, a biography, like a serious documentary? Um, I would rather be in like a historical epic. Like, like Gladiator or something. Okay, it's like a Hercules type film. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What I watched Gladiator the other night just for something to do because I hadn't seen it in about ten years. What did you and notice still, about the film? Oh, it still holds up. It's a really good film. Never seen it. Wow, really? Is that the guy who plays um Russell Crowe? Yeah, that's him. A Maxis Meridius Decimus. Why does it sound American? Father of a murdered son. Husband of a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the this life or the next. I did just watch the newest Mortal Kombat. Oh, right. <laughs> like last night. That's why I messaged you. I was like, I, I messaged you this morning because I was just thinking about it. I was like, dude, this would be perfect. Or when did we set it up? I, I watched it like two nights ago. So I, whenever we set up the podcast or the day we were going to record. I had it like you were just in my head after like just I was thinking I was like, you know what? I'm going to podcast with Phil. I might as well watch the new Mortal Kombat. I watched the new Mortal Kombat. 
it's a, in your terms, I would say a shite movie, Yeah, but it's, it's got, it's got its perks to some moments of the thing. Like I think they definitely Kano definitely is the main person in that movie that kind of carries the movie in a way. Cause his accent is fucking phenomenal. He's fucking Australian, right? Yeah. He said, I'm not fucking Australian. I was like, that's an Australian accent. I'm a hundred percent positive, but he's apparently Irish. Oh, the character is Australian. No, I don't know. Because if you oh, look at the actual Mortal Kombat character, he looks like he's Italian. All right. Oh, we don't thought... we don't follow the continuity errors. We just kind of go with the thing. <laughs> Nod your head. No, yeah, uh, Australia. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that was an Australian guy because just from what because I saw the trailer and I thought, yeah, he's he's Australian when I heard him speak. Well, I I saw... certainly wasn't Irish. <laughs> I saw that one and then I saw Free Guy. And it made me think a little bit deeper about Free Guy, which is like Ryan Reynolds in like this. He finds out he's in a video game, but he was created like that whole movie. I don't know if you heard trailers for that. No. Um, he basically like he's in a video game and then he meets people from the outside world and he starts developing a conscious. It starts to become the artificial first AI. Um, and they got the games getting shut down. So he's trying to save his world, but he doesn't realize that there he's not in the real world. Cause all he's known is this world. He's been created. He was an AI and then he became intelligent and became conscious and started to develop his own sentience. And I started looking at it. Like people bring up the simulation theory. I had someone say, but whose simulation are we in? Are we in yours? Or are we in mine? Are we in someone else's? And I'm like, I think the simulation is adjusted to everyone. It's just one simulation that isn't, necessarily your own i think you just find ways to cheat the system hence the macarena and you get to become famous like the rock so you think uh, you're in your own simulation and i'm in mine do you not think we're connected like the matrix where uh... it's all the same shit it's all that we're me and you there is no my simulation your simulation it's all the same simulation we're just a very small fragment in that one giant simulational code do you, do you think you exist outside the simulation like the matrix i think this is the, the simulation is yeah, this is the simulation, but do you think you exist outside of that? I don't think I'm in like a matrix thing where I'm in a body pod somewhere. No, no. So you just, you don't exist. I think there's, <laughs> there are times I really think deep into thought where I'm like, if I think this much into it, would I just stop existing? Like I had a really intense dream. I've explained on the podcast already, but I had a dream. I was on a ship, like a pirate ship. And then the whole entire pirate ship started like exploding because people were shooting at it. And I flew backwards into the water. So, you know, when you're sinking backwards into the water and you're looking up, you see like the sun and it's slowly becoming darker and darker and dimmer and dimmer. Mm. I, as I fell into the water, I started trying, I realized that the ship is going down as I'm sinking and there's people inside. So that means these people are going to drown. So I went over and punched a hole like into the hull or whatever the hole was in the hull from the the cannonball and sort of ripping the boards out. And then as I ripped all the boards out, there was no one in there. And I just got sucked into it like a vacuum and then spit out, like just pushed, like it seemed like I was propelled. And I'm like, you know how you do like a belly flop when you fly into the water like that? Yeah. I was like flying through the water, like with my arms and legs, like in like a, like a, like a, like a Jesus cross position. And yeah. I call it the Jesus stroke. And then I was flying through the water. And then suddenly I started instead of like flying, like, diagonal or up like with my head up towards where the 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 
top of the water would be and my feet towards the bottom, it, the water shifted. And there was like a wall of water coming at me, like water inside of water. And then it was darker. And I hit that and I started falling like if I was falling from space and I hit this ground and it was like all these like giants, like, um, what is that? We talk about it all the time. Me and you, um, God, it was with our time theory that we had. <laughs> the the natural historical site where you said that it's all of oh, our culture. Quebecly Tepe. No, the other one. Head Hedgestone. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Damn it. Why do I always fuck up on that one? Um, <laughs> but I, I hit and it was like a giant like stone circle. Wow. And then these giant statues like Stonehenge that were all circled around. And it was like an Atlantis experience. I ended up like ended up having a family, having kids. I was there when I got married. And then God, how long was this dream? Dude, I only slept for like an hour, but it felt like 10 years. And that's how my dreams have always went my whole entire life. That I, if I sleep for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it feels like I sleep for like eight years. Really? You really felt that passage of time lasted like years. I had a, I watched my kids grow up. Holy shit. That's wild. And I remember opening up a door and then suddenly the whole entire like light, everything just, there was a person there, but I didn't see his face and everything just shut out. Like the end of the tunnel, the light just disappeared. And I figured he just shot me. Have you always had this gift? I wouldn't call it a gift. I just call it, I would, I don't know. It's deep sleep. I can hit like a, I was talking to a sleep scientist. She's like, you might just get like an unnatural, like REM cycle very quickly, which is like a rare case. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. probably, but. It sucks because then it's like I get so much hours of sleep in them in, in just a short amount of time that I just I feel rested, but you don't get like the full eight hours. So I'm up in like the middle of the night and people are like go to fucking bed. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I yeah, I never remember my dreams very rarely. You gotta write them down. You gotta write them down. But write what down? I can't remember them. You mean when you first wake up? Yeah. I don't I don't get I don't even maybe it's because I don't get enough sleep. Need to speak to your sleep expert. I don't. Maybe I'm not getting enough. I don't think it's not enough sleep. I think it's maybe you've fulfilled everything in your life and you have no problems on the horizon. Because I think your dreams are natural problems that are just lurking into the back of your mind. I think it's a way of your body correcting itself by trying to bring things to the forefront that has been neglecting in the back. Like throughout human history, it's a common thing that people do of pushing something down or storing something in the back to deal with it later. But a lot of times people don't remember that later. They get, they get like, to the later point or whatever at the end of the day when they want to relax and they don't really focus on the problems that happened at the beginning of their day. They just choose to forget about them. Well, if I don't remember them, then it wasn't important. Yeah. But then I feel like that affects your dreams when you dream so much and get these crazy, scary dreams. Like I'll get intense dreams where I'll wake up in like a panic, like feel like someone stabbed me in the heart. And I've always gotten those, but there've been super like intense where I'm like, they're obviously not processing a lot of these issues correctly. Cause I feel like when you don't dream, is when everything in your life is okay and your mind's not in a state of critical recovery. I bet I can count on one hand how many dreams I've had in the last two years. Then you that, that I remember life. that I remember. Uh, two of them I was executed in. Oh, I got to hear one, please. Um, okay, um, I'll start with well, one that I can remember. I was uh, I was in my house. And I was at home alone. I don't know where the missus or the kids or the dog was. Macaulay Culkin was there? <laughs> no, he wasn't, no. And uh, <laughs> no, neither were the wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I hear a knock at the door. And I go and open the door. And there's um, sort of a, 
a woman there in like um, a smock, like a pastely coloured neutral smock. Um, not like a bit like nurse scrubs, mm-hmm. like very sort of um, gender neutral, I guess you could say, clothing. And um, she sort of looked at me and said, um, do you want to come with me? And I looked down and she had a scalpel in her hand down by her side, surgeon scalpel. I thought, and uh, I sort of, as I went to shut the door, I, I was stood outside as I tried to turn round to go back in the door. She started at me with the scalpel up. So I tackled her and uh, like smashed her hand on the ground, managed to get on top of her, smashed her hand out of the ground, scalpel flips off and then I get on top of her subdue her so I'm on top of her on my driveway and I look like to my left down our street and I just see um like a body in front of every house and more people in pastel colour clothing and then I just hear footsteps right behind me and my throat slit what the fuck that sounds like a premonition. I move neighborhoods. Oh my god! Well, it's like a, it was like a. I got like cult vibes, like it was like a cult. Do you know what I mean? People who were like fucking programmed. I know people that practice like lucid dreaming and stuff like that. I've never really been able to hone that in because my sleeps are so. There are sometimes like if I try and get sleep, I can never stay asleep longer than 30 minutes. I always wake up and toss and turn and keep trying to force myself to go back to bed. But after like I'll do two cardio sessions where it's like three hours each on the elliptical. Then at that point, I'm really fucking tired when I get back. So I just want to relax. But it's like I just close my eyes and then wake up 30 minutes later and it's like nothing happened. And then I close my eyes again and wake up 30 minutes later and nothing happens. Always I set my alarm for 3 a.m. and then 3.30 because I go to work. I have to be at work at 4. So I'm always setting my alarm like crazy, like a bunch of them before. But I remember yeah, I, do that. I always wake up at 1 a.m. on the dot. I get a little coffee. I get like maybe a, like a power rate or something and i sit and like on my phone for a little bit and just mess around on my phone next thing i know i'm like i'm really fucking tired i can probably get like another hour of sleep i still got two hours before i gotta go into work or get up and i fall asleep it's from two to three exactly my alarm does not wake me up i wake up like at 259 before my alarm does and I just have this super intense fucking dream. Like when I was explaining about like all I remember is I watched my family grow up and all this type of stuff. When I saw that tunnel close, what I thought it was, was maybe I died on the ship. And when I fell into the water as the beginning of the dream started and I saw the sun and slowly closing, like you're getting deeper into the waters, that was that door opening up. And my brain was processing for me that I just died, but I had things on my mind I needed to complete. And it gave me this whole life journey and experience. Sounds like you had a near death experience in your dream. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I know, but that's what it sounds like. That's, that's sounds like, like you were dreaming. You I died a, in your dream and you fucking, had an NDE. I have a fucking tumor in my head. That's causing these weird hallucinations, <laughs> <laughs> weird dreams to occur. Have, have we ever talked about techniques for lucid dreaming? I've looked at a few, but it just, it's, of interest to me i don't think you're supposed to try and control your dreams because then it it just it's like sweeping away the problems that you're not experiencing during your day i just i've heard a few people on interviews talk about 
uh, ways to sort of um, not influence what you dream about, but ways of encouraging uh, lucid dreaming. And the only two te uh, techniques I know of, um, one is to look at your hand during the day, periodically. So just in your daily life, your waking life, occasionally just look at your hand and just, oh, yeah, that looks normal. Because one time you'll be dreaming and you'll look at your hand and it'll have an extra finger or it'll have an eyeball in it. Something weird, something will be off. And that'll be your trigger in your brain. Oh, I'm dreaming. I'm lucid dreaming. And the other trigger I've heard is to knock on doorways as you walk in. So as you enter a doorway, just give the, uh, the door casing a tap just to make sure it's real in your waking life. And then the next time you're dreaming, you'll go and knock on a door frame and your hand will go through it or it'll feel spongy or something weird like that. And that'll be your trigger. Whoop, I'm loose and dreaming now. Take your clothes off, Superman outfit, flying. You're off. Damn it, you need to watch Free Guy. I don't want to give it away, but... Why? Is, am, I, am I... Could I be a Hollywood writer? Am I onto something? No, there's just like... <laughs> the dude started like every day is exactly the same like kind of like groundhog day but he's starting to mm. notice it but he's part of an ai thing like everyone around him and he's ordering a coffee and he goes up oh, two hot cups of espresso and then like hands goes to hand him the drink and he goes you know what i want to try one of those cappuccinos and she goes but you always get two hot drinks of espresso well, I want to try a cappuccino today, but you always get two hot drinks of espresso. You always get two hot. It just starts repeating it over and over again. And then everyone's like, we got a problem here. And a cop gets up and has his gun. He goes, no, officer Johnny, what the hell's the problem? And you start realizing like these people weren't, they were part of a system is kind of when you started seeing it. But then eventually that barista learned how to make a fucking cappuccino. She started to develop thoughts and all these people that were in this oh. computer programming in this video game started developing a consciousness and all this type of stuff. So I look wow. at it like maybe in your everyday life when you change up your routine, it, like how many people lost sleep during this pandemic because their sleep hours were changed? Maybe if you end yeah. up losing parts of your routine, you end up noticing things more about yourself or do you end up losing aspects of who you are as a person? Yeah, I think it's a trade-off, isn't it? Um yeah, I think um, I'm a fan of routine. I think r routines are important. I think what you said about losing sleep, I think if you, because uh, we've had this situation over here where a lot of people have, they've sort of been laid off the jobs, but still being paid. Um, so they've no, if you, if you, or if you get made unemployed, you know, in your life at some point, if all of a sudden you have no reason to get up in the morning, um, you'll start staying up later at night, maybe. And your patterns will be disturbed and being thrown off that routine can be uh, detrimental. I think, I don't know. I don't know if there are positives to sort of tearing up your routine. It, it was kind of like this study I did in college about game addiction. The best way. All right. Well, people, I did a study about games and violence and I don't think it causes any violence, but I think it also speeds up anything that's already predominantly there. So like if you already known to think about shooting up a store, a video game doesn't cause that idea to ins inspire into you. You just, it just pulls it out of you. It just makes it and it ramps it up. It like increases it from seven to 10. Wow. But like a catalyst. Kind of. Yeah. And I look at like with a video game, for instance, what was I saying? About, um, routine breaking routine fuck i just lost it i was doing a study i talked about yeah. the video game and violence but then i was talking about something else damn it phil 
you rolling up a cigar. I was trying to focus on the cigar. I was like, what tobacco is he rolling up there? Well, you're talking about people uh, like shooters so that they have something in them already, but the game acts as like a, a catalyst. Oh, that I know what I was talking about. On. I was talking about before that I was talking about when a lot of people talk about how can someone get so absorbed into video games. Now I look at it like this. If you come across the general population, a lot of people that play video games every single day, we all know there's people that have a mountain of two liters lined up beside their computer desk. They never leave. They have like the same shirt they've been wearing for three or four days. I'm not talking about you gaming wise. I'm talking about the serious, like severe gamers. Che Cheeto dust down yeah, the, the front. Like the average, like <laughs> South Park dude living in his mom's basement type thing. If yeah. you examine why people talk about why there's so many people that freak out over a video game, because in their life, they weren't this amazing person, but in the video game, they're a level 90 that is seen as a god. So when they like when they die in the game, people care about them and they really severely want like they're 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 sad. He's, you connect with people online that you have this amazing relationship with that you don't have in real life. We see those videos of people who play Xbox for years that meet at an airport and hug each other after playing Xbox for so long. And they finally meet in person. Right. Yeah. You develop relationships where in your life you weren't really you were a bit of a loser. And then in the game, you're a fucking hero. You're a god. And this is why people get so sucked into these things. And that's why it's so drastic when people talk about, like, video games are horror or video games are this. Now you're threatening the only thing that brings them sanity or the only thing that makes them feel like a worth person. And that doesn't mean that the video game claims their worth. That's just the perception they have in their own head. This is why people get so sucked into these things. And that's, like, what the QAnon shit. It was just a bunch of people fucking LARPing online. That's all it was. It was live role-playing of trying to chase down fucking invisible pedophiles on the internet. And the government started creating fake accounts for them to be able to do so. Because you're fucking giving... Everyone wants to feel like they're doing something good. But as much as you're the hero in your own story, you're probably your biggest enemy as well, too. Yeah, there's definitely an element of escapism in a lot of these, particularly these really immersive games. Uh, ones where you like take over a football team championship manager it used to be called or uh, these ones that are connected to the internet these massive open world games and second life that was i think one of the first ones wasn't it about 20 years ago or something where and there's a famous book um a red dwarf book by is it doug naylor grant naylor called uh, better than life and the premise of that it's a sci-fi comedy sci-fi book but there was this sort of VR machine that was better than life or, or, or was it a drug like Soma? I can't remember, but it's all the same thing. It's escapism. It's like you said, a lot of people, their lives aren't going the way maybe they wanted them to. And it's just an easy out to be immersed in this video game experience where you have control over pretty much everything. And you can sort of detach from the, the real world. It's, it's sad in a way, and it's potentially dangerous and addictive. It's just when, like, because I don't want ever want to take that away from someone, but I put a challenge out there for anyone to try. And I think it's a basis of the algorithm as well, too. Now, 
I was listening to my buddies talk about like there's no video games that are kind of set out for you to be the enemy. You always end up having redeemable qualities that turns you into a hero. You might start off bad, but you end up turning good. But there's no games where 100% you're always the enemy. There's always a chance of redemption. There's always and there's like multiplayer stories. But even in that type of thing, when you talk about Fallout, yeah, you could do bad things. But then you're still the hero in your own story. You know what I mean? But 100% where everyone starts off hating you and not giving you a chance. There's not really a lot of games for that. But I looked at the challenge of try following every fucking rule in Grand Theft Auto. Try following traffic laws. Try following every single thing. It's impossible. People go, well, it's just boring. No, it's literally impossible. I feel like the algorithm is set up for you to do something crazy. And if you follow the normalcy of it, the AIs in the game, you, you're following all the traffic lights. Okay, I got to stop at the stop sign. Some dude doesn't hit the brakes in time and he hits the back of your car because his programming is to stop at a certain point. He doesn't expect your fucking car to be there because you're not supposed to be following the traffic lines. It's following the flow of everything. Everything's on its own path, its own destination. That's why you can't just when you hijack someone out of their car, they get thrown out of their algorithm thing and then it gets put into a different thing. They usually get up and start running away. Oh, oh yeah, I've yeah. just been carjacked. And then they fucking <laughs> run off. But yeah. you can't stop in the somebody and pull them out of their car and have a full on full on dialect with them because they're not programmed to do so. So trying to follow laws in Grand Theft Auto, everything is set for you to be fucking sporadic and crazy and do the crazy out of the normal things. So that's how the game is set up. And it kind of forces you into that position, which brings into the idea of a simulation. Is it forcing you in this giant simulation that we're all in the same exact one? Is it just forcing you to live your life and be whatever cog in whatever area or DLC that you're living in and that DLC is your country. Your country wants you to be a productive member of society. That's how countries grow. I don't know. I mean, it's a cool thought. I don't believe we're in a simulation, but I started looking into it more as my buddy was explaining it more to me. And I was like, that's a fucking, it's in, that's an interesting one. Very interesting compared to like Hillary Clinton's a reptile. I don't like that one as much. Yeah. I mean, the thing with like GTA and current video games is that there are limits on processing power and memory and uh, coding. There are, certain limits to Moore's law which restrict the games to a certain amount of complexity but if you fast forward 50 years you know if we get some sort of really sophisticated self-learning ai you will be able to play grand theft auto like that and not just on a on a tv screen you'll be immersed in it you'll put on your suit with the little golf the little golf balls attached to all your joints and your, your vr helmet on and you will be able to play it because, you know, if Moore's law stands and is correct, you there will be no, you know, the processing power will be massively advanced in 50 years. There'll well, be there, no, li virtually no limit. I can um, relate two things to you on the aspect of like, why are drugs not illegal? There's always two groups of people that don't want drugs to be legal. There's people that want it to be legal because they want it to be legal so everyone's doped up and they can do some horrible shit while everyone's high as hell on their couch. Or there's the people that don't want a doped up society because it's going to destroy production. So they're trying to best to make sure that we don't have a doped up society. 
with video games, I used to be on the side that didn't want video games to be so crazy good and realistic and all these types of things because then you're not incentivizing people to want to go experience life when their life in the video game is a thousand times better than the one that they're having right now. But now I look at that as like a gateway or a safety zone. I just don't want it to be so realistic where you lose aspect of, oh my god, I've spent 45 years in this video game. I've accomplished so much. Yeah, but you <sighs> – it's not your real life though it's not the thing that we're in but how do you know if this isn't real life because eventually you start playing a game so much that becomes your real life that becomes your whole entire existence not the reality that you're in now where you're fucking your bones don't work because you've been sitting down for too fucking long and you get up like me after watching avengers on the toilet for three hours and you fucking go headfirst into your towel rack because your legs are asleep yeah this is a real this is a proper danger this isn't like pie in the sky. This is gonna come. You can't. We can't. This like uh, progress, if you like, of this technolo technological progression can't won't be stopped. They, all these things are gonna happen. So people are gonna be at risk of falling into these traps. Well, not um, even what a year ago, we were talking. I think it was our. You've been on four times, haven't you? I think so. I think it was like on our second episode we did, the biggest thing was the comedy special we talked about with the sex doll, the real doll. That was a very real scary thing that was coming of like, what's the future going to hold? So many men and women are going to lose relationships because they rather fuck a doll than fuck their person. And now there's a Tesla bot being created and it seems like, oh, we've kind of branched off from looking like humans to now going back to the original idea of iRobot where you had these robots that were cool, normal. They didn't look like humans, but then we eventually phased them out to create ones that did look like humans because we like the comfortability of a machine in our house that looks exactly like us. I don't want that. I want something that doesn't look like me at all. Yeah. Have you seen the latest videos from Boston Dynamics? I don't really oh. know if I want to. DARPA. This this robot it's doing fucking parkour. Hmm. He's more it's like jumping than most Americans. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's doing like ninja warrior shit on this course. It's frightening. And uh, what's gonna happen? I mean someone's gonna strap some guns to that and that'll be the army of the future, won't it? Terminator. Be like a judgment day in, in terminating mode like. There's just a thing with creating life whether it's ai or whether it's biotic or whether it's whatever we are you look at the factor of it's eventually going to develop consciousness and that consciousness is a, see that's the thing is what people say i, I don't, don't know think so what uh, your kid for instance they end up mm -hmm. developing a full functioning consciousness on how to be an adult and by the time they're 15 or 16 years old they're already looking to swing on you they're already looking to fucking throw a fist at you. Yeah, if you raise them right, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's I the think thing. the There's brain's that... the brain's far more complicated, I think, than uh, we we uh, give credit. But I, th that's... I think that's a long way coming. That's eventually how Free Guy went. People created the system, the coding of the game, and all the AIs followed it. But then there was an anomaly that eventually created and adapt and learned and stored information rather than just resetting. And that can happen with any life that we create. Eventually, it's going to become more um, like the orangutan at the zoo where the woman dropped her sunglasses. The orangutan grabbed the sunglasses and put them on his head, but they were backwards. And he kept trying to put them on his head. Then he put it upside down, did all these things. And eventually he had them on, but they were upside down. And then he's like, after like a minute, it's like a five minute video. 
they t- he takes the sunglasses and pulls them off and then flips them the correct way. And then they're normal fucking on his head. And then he tries to put them on his baby. Then he grabs the sunglasses and chucks it at the lady. And it fucking flies halfway across the exhibit and lands right onto the thing where he, she's able to grab him again. And I'm like, that's that thing learned in a process of what a matter of 10 minutes of how to properly wear sunglasses. Eventually you're going to have the capacity when you're trying to create life that eventually it's going to find out that like if right now, if eventually we found out that we go past the simulation and something had created us a God, whatever you want to call it, this thing had created the simulation or this fabrication of this world or this coding that we're in. Mm. You're going to be, Oh my God, we're just created by something. And eventually you're going to want to fight the thing that had created you because you don't like being the one that doesn't have the power. And that happens with anything in life. If fish slowly started getting consciousness and developing (laughs) terroristic threats, you're now having an army in your aquarium that's wanting to now take control of the factor of you're not feeding them every single day. You're feeding them once every two days. We're getting into sort of Riker's wild territory. The singularity is near and all that. And, you know, he's been saying for decades that it's going to happen in the next sort of 50 years that we'll reach this singularity point where uh, machines become self-learning and then it just explodes because they start, rather than being programmed by humans, they start reprogramming and adjusting their own code and they'll uh, the in- intelligence level of the AI will just shoot up astronomically. But I, I, I'm not buying it. I, I, I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's possible, but I still sort of have this sort of romantic feeling that there's something special about humans and the human brain. I guess it would lead into a factor of maybe they would look at us like a sick parent and they would have to help us because they we created them and now we're destroying ourselves. So they look at a way oh, to well, improve you, us. You get all these weird paradoxes, like if if you if you program a, an advanced AI to um, what's the famous example? It's like a you go to your, your advanced self learning AI and you say. Um, I want to eradicate spam emails. So the, the AI just sets off all the nukes and wipes out all the humans, human population. There you go. No more spam. I look at it like if they see how destructive and all the wars that the robots start just consuming because maybe our way of teaching them a little bit more help speed up their intelligence levels because there's probably natural intelligence like this is a phone and you hand them the phone and they're like, phone, phone phone and then they'll start developing fully sentences once they start learning and some guy just goes i know a faster way to do it just clicks on the fucking news next thing you know he's seeing all the wars that are happening on cnn or something like that and he goes i must destroy fox it's like well now he's been programmed to destroy that somebody's going to speed up the process then eventually they're not going to know what is wrong so technically they're doing what they think they should be doing because they don't know that that's a wrong thing to do you're going to it's like teaching a kid you have to make sure that i think as a parent eventually when your kids just become an adult you just pray to god he did everything you possibly could to not fuck them up because there's just so much that could go wrong in any instance of your life that you not even in your control and i think with a robot it eventually becomes like the orville with seth mcfarlane where there's a whole species of robots on a planet it's a whole race of species or a whole race of robots that were created by something then they killed off their creators because they realized how flawed they were that's a possibility but then you look at the factor of if we create a robot and it thinks that it needs to help us so we can stay alive as long as that when would they just go we need to replace your heart. And then they take your fucking heart out 
thinking that this is going to help you and put an artificial in with it, then eventually they take your brain and eventually you don't have anything left that is you anymore. You're dead, but your physical body, your organism is still functioning with a new AI computer chip in. You don't have any thoughts, any memories, any emotions. You're not who you were before that happened. And it, I was playing Mass Effect um, 3 and I was playing the game and the alien goes, it's just so hard because I know there's only a hundred years left before this all goes down and it just turns into this crazy thing. And he goes, well, how long do you live? And she goes, we live once one um, centurion, like 1000 or whatever the hell it is. And they go, you live a thousand years. That's gotta be horrible. Yeah. It just sucks watching your species only live to be like a hundred or 90. And it's like, yeah, back in the day, we used to live to be what twenties, late twenties. <laughs> now we're in our fucking living up to some people. There's a woman that's 119 years old. She was 45 during World War fucking two. How long until we get to that point where we're able to live like we, we meet another alien race? Maybe we splice DNA or we modify our DNA to modify with theirs. So next thing you know, we're starting to be living 900 years old, 10,000 years old. I know it. You never have to fucking <laughs> die. You're basically Dr. Manhattan minus the giant blue cock. Yeah, it sounds like a bit. Sounds like transhumanism, this. Yeah, but we're not going into machine. We're just modding our DNA. I'd rather mod our DNA well, that's than the put same ourselves. thing. It's the same thing. You know, if you start modifying your DNA that, with code, you know, DNA is just code, isn't it? Gattaca. You know, yeah. I think that's probably the same thing. I, I don't know. think it has to be, uh, I don't think you have to have like metal bits in you, like your chip. Do you think that, well, do you think it's going to happen that people are going to have a, a chip in the palm for paying at the cash machine? You I think, think that's. I mean, how many people didn't think Apple Pay was going to be a thing? And that's like a common thing now. People ask about Apple Pay. Is it? Yeah. I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone do it. Yeah. Now, when Tesla cars first came out, do you remember how many news reports were specifically targeting electric autopilot vehicles for car crashes? Mm. During the news down here, there was constant news articles about car crashes and tesla and all these types of things about how horrible it is and don't get it and that was a big hesitation for a lot of people how do i know if the autopilot is not just going to drive me into a fucking truck yeah now you go to a gas station i used to see one electric car thing now there's a whole fleet of them there's a whole thing that you can charge up now and that only happened in like three four years that changed now recently i saw another tesla crash thing that happened like two and a half months ago where they now found out it was ruled by autopilot it wasn't it crashed because of autopilot and killed the driver and a passenger in another vehicle so you start to look at like as much as it seems crazy that that might not ever happen it might happen we don't know what the prediction of the next year is going to hold now we're there used to be an old thing on Shark Tank around, I think it was 2015. A dude had a device that you hooked to your ear. It was like a headset, like a gaming headset that only goes on one ear hole. But it had a giant needle in it, and it goes into your fucking head. And it was supposed to do some type of thing, but the, the Shark Tank guy shut it down and goes, now, how do you get that attached, sticking a giant fucking needle in your head? Like, what happens if you have to charge the thing? Do you have to stick your head up to a fucking wall? And the guy goes, no, you do a little surgery and they remove it. And so every single time to get this device into your head to do whatever, you have to have a surgery to put it in and then a surgery to take it out. Well, it's a minor surgery. You don't even need anesthesia for it. It's like, that's not it's a dumb idea. What they did will, it do? What did the kids do? It got, got something. I, it's sleep or some shit. 
Tell me you go to sleep. But that's like the neural link. It's just a constant thing that's in your head, like a forever battery that's in there. Oh, Eventually, my. it's going to be I, – I used to be against Neuralink. You knew this. We talked about this. But now I, I think I'm pro for it on an aspect of it senses intent when it means like you can actually tell what a person means. So we might say a joke. Someone could take that joke that we say out of context, put it on a thing and then say, cancel him because he had this thing. Then he said this. That's not what I said, though. You didn't see the full context of the joke intent. When someone's looking at you as I'm talking to you, I know you're a good person. You might say something for comedic effect, but you're not meaning anything that you say that could be people could take the wrong way. You're just saying it because it's a funny joke. Like um, Dave Chappelle's special, he doesn't he he's just joking, but they're jokes you can't say that people get offended by. Ron White has one where he talks about. um. I don't even know if I want to reiterate the fucking joke. Uh, awesome. Well, he talks about he went to a gay wedding and he was like, it was a man warring, uh, marrying a woman, but it was the gayest fucking thing he's ever seen. And that's his joke. But so many people in the crowd were like, oh, and I'm like, he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Like he was a main vocal person about that during, I think it was 1998 and like the two years he spent from there in Hawaii, um, that every day he would go down to the street where a bunch of ladies would stand on the corner and he would get his dick sucked once, twice, sometimes three times a day. He said he was going back there every single day and he was there for like nine months or something like that. Then. 10 years later, he's watching a documentary about the transvestite scene on Oahu on that street that he would go to every fucking day. And he goes, so you're telling me 150 dudes that sucked my dick. And he goes, let me tell you this. He goes, let me tell you this, folks. A mouth is a mouth and a tooth is a fucking tooth. He goes, if any of the one of those people would have grabbed my hand, I would have known, hey, man, you're a fucking plumber. Get your hand off my pecker. That's what he says in the joke, though. But you start to look at like he doesn't mean anything bad about being gay. He just means it's a funny joke and it's a crazy thing that happened in his life. You can sense the intent when you know who he is as a person. But anybody coming across you for the first time is not going to know these things about you. Thank Christ. I got 900 episodes in the tank for you to see that I'm not a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but you look at this type of thing. That's a benefit of the Neuralink. And I don't know if I necessarily want to get that into my head. But if that's an easier way, I think. The main thing everybody focuses on, it's an easier way to like send text messages or Google Translate. Those are good messages. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. that. What, what happens when it gets hacked? But I think with the Neuralink, it's just a thing that as people, we should already have this developed skill, this natural trait of being able to have empathy for others or being able to have like, we all have empathy when we see something tragic on the news. You can ask anybody from any country, where were you on 9-11? They can remember it to a T. Their eyes were glued to that fucking thing on the TV watching that shit go down. And they felt horrible for the things that happened to an, uh, us over here in the States. But why does that be so drastic for us to have empathy for us? It's a use it or you lose it type factor. And sadly, the world has been running off of discommunication when it comes to an aspect. You're not connected on social media to a person's face. You see their fucking profile picture of their vacation in Tahiti in 2002, but you don't see their face when you're talking to them like I'm talking to you right now. And that's the big thing. I think you, it's, you're highlighting a real problem, which is the lack of empathy, particularly on social media. It's just that I don't think the solution is getting a fucking implant in your brain. <laughs> Just I like, agree. Don't, uh, just don't be a douchebag on social media. I agree, but <laughs> it just it sucks. I'm in this point right now where 
I don't think you can sense intent in people. Even like it's not about being a douchebag on TV because, or not TV on uh, Twitter or social media, because how many people could take a clip from your episode that might be taken out of context and sure, use yeah. it against you? Yeah. They're not being a douchebag because in their head, they're the fucking hero. They're highlighting ca- something that they've convinced themselves is wrong. And it's not I don't true. care though. I don't care. Until they come to your door with a fucking scalpel and slice your goddamn throat (laughs) in the middle of the street. I was watching that. I was, have you heard of Finn Doms? The hell's like feminist, like dominatrixes? Financial domination. Oh, taking all the money out of your fucking bank account. I was watching this program on channel five last night. There's, there's like five terrestrial channels in the UK, BBC one, BBC two, ITV, channel four. BBC here. No, and Channel 5. And Channel 5 is like the, the trashiest channel of the five main terrestrial channels. And it was on late at night. And uh, this girl was a, a trans dominatrix. You said it like it was a question. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get the words right. Not trans, transgender. That's what the word I was looking for. This is for. the clip they take and use it against you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's got, um, there's a knock at her door. And she's got like a mobile phone and she's just recording this, this thing, this interaction with a mobile phone and she opens the door and there's a guy there. She's, she lives in a block of flats and she opens the door onto the corridor and there's this guy there on his knees. He's got like Adidas Samba trainers, jeans, tracksuit top and like a white gimp mask. And, uh, the, the, uh, transgender Findom says, Oh, oh, you're here, are you? Aren't you, you piece of shit? Have you got something for me? And the guy lays out a load of notes. I counted about 250, 300 quid. So about, about 400, $450. And he lays it all out there in the doorway. And she goes, all right. I suppose you want to kick in the balls for that, don't you? And he goes, yeah, yes, please. And she goes, say it like you mean it. Kick me in, kick me in the balls, please. And she kicks him in the balls and goes, right, fuck off. Fuck off. Get out of my sight. And he Why am I his... working on a fucking <laughs> gym when I could be making this type of money? What happened in that person's life to get and them to the point? And he just goes on his hands and knees down the corridor with sore balls. It's like, like a, in Oregon. What is happening to these people? In Oregon, there's a large furry scene down there. People that dress oh, up as furries, God. and they're open yeah. about it. And um, I was watching a thing. A bunch of pe- a guy was taking a selfie, like a video recording, and behind him were a bunch of like people dressed up as cats in a mall, like to play cats. And I was like, is this a thing for that Broadway play, cats? Like an after, you know, they play the thing on Broadway. The actors go out and they greet everybody, and then they hang out. But all these people were sitting around in a circle in a mall, just like playing, acting like cats with each other. And then I realized. And at the top of the screen, it says only in Oregon. And I realized, oh, yeah, Oregon has a massive, massive openness about being a furry. Mm. And I'm, I'm not against I'm not against that. Let your freak flag fly. But I look at it like, well, how do people get these kinks that they develop? I don't have anything where I'm like fucking insane about it. Who started it? That's what I want to know. Some I went to a Epstein style character came out and was like, <laughs> I want fucking mannequins all over the place. I went to my local Comic Con like uh well, in the before times, before the uh, unspecified virus of unknown origin. Yes, please. I, I went to the uh, local Comic-Con and there was furries there. It's the first time I'd seen any in real life. And it, yeah, it's very strange sort of kink, isn't it? I didn't realize that there was a sexual aspect to it at first. 
Look, I'm looking for the Deadpool booth. Um, I asked that furry <laughs> over there dressed up as a panda, but he kept saying, can I kick him in the balls? So I'm just, I'm curious to like, I don't know if I want to go that way yet, maybe after lunch, but I was wondering, where's the Deadpool booth? What do you make of the OnlyFans thing? What, that it's, they're keeping sexually explicit content on there now? Yeah. Yeah, people were saying that they were going to ban it, and then OnlyFans says, no, we're not going to ban it now. We're going to keep it on there because I think they realize something. How many people make their fucking livelihoods off of showing sexual content on OnlyFans? It has now became a place of business. Now you're taking someone's livelihood away. Do you think people are going to want to do that in this time of the world that we're in? So they are like, okay, we're going to keep sexually explicit content up there now. I, it, it just smacks of uh, publicity stunt for me. Yeah. Probably, the, you know, they're we're just, all talking you, about it, right? I, this is the point, yeah. They yeah, yeah, took, took a week. I mean, it's a complete cash cow. I think that it's it's something daft, like three hundred million dollars a day goes through OnlyFans. It was never, you know, he's gonna he's gonna throw that away. I read a story about a woman who makes a hundred grand every month by just showing a two minute video of her feet every week. Really. Just her toes, just showing the toes and maybe dipping it into a pool and then maybe placing it on like weird scenery objects. And she just makes a hundred grand doing that once a week, a two minute clip. And I'm like, it must be an exceptional feat. Well, how do you tell their women? Can I do that? Like what if I take my, I have really nice feet. My cubicles on my fingernails are fucking terrific. Your cubicles. That's what they call them is the little nail part is your cubicles. Cuticle. That's what it's called. What's a cubicle, yeah. an office space? That's, that's where you work in the office. <laughs> that's what we should have did. We should have took, like, in this episode, I should have asked you to buy a printer and then put it in, have a baseball bat, and then hit a printer while I hit a printer, and it could have been like the movie Office Space where we're just fed up with it. <laughs> we'll do it on a 1,000. Sure. <laughs> I can't believe that you live near that one guy that had got his sight restored back, Chris. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, was he, uh, is he Liverpool? Or St. Allen's? Or I think it said Leeds or something like that. Yeah, it's somewhere in the... I'm, it's in the northwest, I think. Yeah, down the road from us, I'm sure. Yeah, it was on national news. Wow, that's wild. 50 years, got a site restored back. And what, what caused it again? What did he you said, do? He said it started happening on the podcast. I was like, don't say I'm Jesus, please. <laughs> if I'm Jesus, I'm charging more than OnlyFans. If, Lay if, your hands. <laughs> the world that we're in right now, Jesus would not make more than a girl showing her feet for two minutes every week on a fucking OnlyFans site. Jesus would be in a, in a lunatic asylum if he turned up today. That's he would be sectioned. Yeah. He would be sectioned under the Mental Health Act. He would be or frozen it, uh, in carbonite bath like your Han Solo to your left. <laughs> yeah. Still not finished him. Still not done the control panels. I've got one sort of prototype that I've half finished. Yeah. But I'm sort of not quite happy with the uh, the spray, the paint job. I think it's not; it's too silvery. It's not dark, dark and grimy enough. I think you need a bigger room. So, I do need. I would love a bigger room. But you know, Once your kid turning eighteen, you can knock down his bedroom. And I'm uh, this is I'm not in the house. You're in a shed. It's a garage. It was a garage. A do you know what you have? Gar garage? Do you call them garage? Garage. Garage, yeah. Garage. We call it gar garage. It was a garage, so I cut it in half and put a wall up there and made it. So it's now half a garage, half a masturbatorium or a man cave. 
How about yeah, I like the man cave one, but I mean that's technically what a masturbatorium is, is is the man cave. Yeah, it's a it's a famous trope in the UK of men, middle aged men going and masturbating in the sheds. You know, keeping like, like a, a sad fucking country. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it's, god. It's not so much anymore. I'm thinking more about like thirty years ago when I was a kid. It was an, it was a, a like a, a cultural trope that you know the the dad in the family, the beaten down dad would have like a, a jazz mag, a porn mag in his shed, and every now and again, just to get away from his family, he'd go in the shed and throw one over the knuckle. I didn't understand that until I was probably like when I was graduating high school. Is like I remember so many times as a kid I'd be playing out in the lawn, and I was like, it's always such an excitement when my dad would pull in the driveway, and then I realized like. I'd be like, oh, dad's here. I'd run in the house and I'd be like waiting for him to come in. And then it's been like 30 minutes. And I'm like, is he, did he come in? Did I miss him? And then he realized he's just sitting in his car like, fuck. <laughs> I, gotta go inside. I gotta just one more minute, one more minute. And he's like, I'm getting ready to turn his car off. And he's listening to the ending of like some late NPR radio show where it's like, and then there was this that happened here. And then we're going to go over there. And then if you're sitting in your car, just waiting to go inside the house, but you're too afraid because you realize you're never going to get silence after a long day of work. Just yeah. remember you have a revolver in the back seat, And then it's like, Oh my God, turn off the car, walk in. And then I guess, I mean, I look at a lot of those moments I've had in my life when I was a kid and I really do savor a lot of those things because when you look at like how other people like in my family view those moments, like that's a horrible time. I'm like, man, I guess it was just because I was ignorant or you sheltered the problems so much, but it was actually one of the greatest times of my life. Uh, things are a lot simpler in childhood, aren't they? In a lot of ways. It's, uh, you've no sort of responsibilities, stress financial worries usually if you you know if you're lucky if you know a really stable upbringing um it, obviously it's a spectrum some kids do have that sort of worries some kids go to school hungry like we were talking before about um before you start recording about the um the free school meals thing yeah what is that school i want to say that again on this episode because i want a bunch of people to fucking i can't remember what uh, state you said it was in now was it was it oh was it ohio no it was a started with a w washington no walk walk i knew you weren't going to get this because it sounds like wyoming it's wakusha <laughs> school district board in wisconsin has voted to opt out of a federally funded program providing students free lunch regardless of family income that's fucking crazy what's the does it not give a rationale is there not an explanation why they would do that mm. you would think that there would be some sort of, they would have to give some sort of justification for making a decision like that, wouldn't you? Otherwise, it seems a little cold hearted. Let's read the article. Okay. Give me some, give me a round of applause to fill in the silence. Okay. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. Oh my God! He said "cripple" on my. I don't know. <laughs> what the hell, it's it's a Washington Post one. It's going to make me try and subscribe to it. Oh, wapo! It says the person who made this decision should be fired. Keeping food from even one hungry kid is sadistic. A great cancer within the American body politic is the belief that poverty is some kind of moral failing and support given to the people is somehow wasteful or indulgent. Why well, live in a society if you reject the concept of common good? I don't know what they're 
referencing is though i mean the only thing that it says is that it said regardless of need that it would give free meals regardless of need to opt out yeah so saying that you're not going to no but it seems like the policy was is that all kids would have access to this whether they needed it or not you know i i sort of think that things like this should be means tested and that you know people who deserve it should get it or people who have a need for it should get it the white kusha school district in wisconsin is under fire for opting out of a federally funded program that provides free meals to all students regardless of income earlier this summer the school board voted to return to the pre-pandemic national school lunch program this program offers free and reduced price meals to students who apply for it and the school receives federal money for the students only the decision to opt out of the program has angered many parents within the district since the school board voted in june the alliance for education which consists of about 900 parents and teachers in the area is advocating for the district to return to the universal free meal program school board members and other school officials feel that the free for everyone meals can produce an addiction to the service yeah uh, so I mean if you are required to, so they still offer free lunch. That's a clickbait fucking article. I'm a sheep. I followed that shit too. I fucking well, assumed it, the worst. I assumed that they were trash, filth, scum of the earth for not giving kids free lunches anymore. But no, it's just everyone gets a free lunch if they need it. But now you have to, because I had a program as a kid that I got free lunch. Oh, not if you need it. It's regardless of need. That's the point. So oh, if, okay. you're a mil if you're a millionaire, you can send your kids to school and claim free I was a fucking sheep. I read the fucking article headline and I got triggered. <laughs> I'm triggered. Yeah, I, th I think you could go. Either, you could fall either way on that story. But it's, the way no. they wrote it was a clickbait. That fucking writer for that article definitely got his fucking view on that one. It's like we have something called the winter fuel allowance in the UK. Jesus and, Christ. and once you get to a certain age, I think it's 65, you automatically get, get your paid. license revoked. Oh. No, you get paid a winter fuel allowance, and I they don't know should, how much it is. They I mean, should not be pounds. driving. Oh, my God. I, I Yesterday, I was driving home from work, and there was a truck that was going 75 and a 55 in front of me. And <sighs> so I was like, okay, I guess I'll go up to 60 then. So I'm going 60 behind this guy. This guy's going, obviously, picking up more speed. He's going way farther ahead of me now. But a truck just pulls out of the fucking vet. And, I mean, not even looking. And this dude had a and like rip into the other lane without looking there was a car right there too i almost saw a full-on car accident i had to slam on my brakes my car's so old that when i slammed on my brakes i grab like where the emergency brake is because sometimes like i i, I gotta be careful i want to make sure i stop on a dime rather than fucking crash into the back of this person gonna slowly go into them and i fucking hit my hand on the 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 the, the adjustment so i went from drive to neutral the shifter I went from drive to fucking neutral and then my car's like, oh, f I'm, I'm still braking, but it's like, oh shit, my car, like you hear it revving, like I'm in neutral. I'm like, fuck, and I, I'm going 55 at the time. So I'm now dropping down to like 35. And my car's revving like it's going 50. And I'm like, <sighs> fucking the car started going. I ended up swerving around him because eventually my car couldn't stop enough in time or I was going to hit the person. But I looked behind me because I saw every car that was slamming on their brakes. Like about, and it was one fucking person. They went and they stayed, like they ended up going and speeding up then I was end up being behind him to get back into like the one it's a, it's a one-on-one -on -one lane. So one lane's coming and one lane's going. Mm -hmm. 
to go down to where my road is or where I live. And it's like 10 minutes behind this one person. They end up turning when it's a red. They end up doing so much shit that's illegal where I'm like, how old is this fucking person? I drive by and I look and they're like 70 or 75 years old. I'm like, at this point, I hate to see your license go, but there needs to be an age where it's like you can't fucking drive anymore. You just got to have someone fucking drive you around like a chauffeur. We have to have appointed people to drive him like the shuttle bus that comes around that picks up all the handicapped people. Just adjust it for elderly people as well, too. Sorry, yeah. you have to share your spot with a person in a wheelchair. I don't know if it's actually come in, but there was talk of uh, bringing in a policy where once you reach a certain age, maybe 70, you have to have an assessment at the driving test center yeah. to keep hold of your license. Make that I'm not sure quicker. whether they... Why? Make that age quicker. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like, if yeah, we're, I mean, the thing if is, we're people aging, don't. If we're aging quicker mentally, then we need to check them at younger ages now, because I bet a 50 year old probably has the intention span and the fucking wherewithal of a hundred year old person. <laughs> I think it's hard because people don't want to give up their independence. It's such a big part of your independence being able to drive as you get older. Yeah. And, you know, your family's all moved off to different towns and. You know, you're sort of more isolated uh, because the public transport's pretty shit in the UK. You know, the buses and the trains and whatnot are pretty, pretty gash. So it's uh, hard for people to give up the car. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for people to give up a lot of things, but I think eventually you just adjust. I mean, eventually it's not even going to be like, oh, I don't want this to give up this. Well, eventually you're just going to have to get it. Like um, someone mentioned to me, like the, the vaccine, for instance, in the constitution, it says if there is a statewide health thing, then you are mandated to get a vaccine in an emergency crisis. So there's no refusal of it. So it's just eventually when that time comes. So I look at it like eventually you're just going to, you're going to have to do it when it all adjusts to that. And it's not giving you an option to not do so. You can stay inside your home a hundred percent, but I just. Will there not be exemptions like uh, religious exemptions and stuff? I don't know about that, but I would just be like, look, I'll let you give me the shot. If you tell me if it came from the lab, just me, just nobody else. <laughs> Stick the arm up as they're going in. <laughs> oh dear. I'm that easy. That's so easy to please. I'm not asking for money or a shake shack coupon. I'm just oh, asking fuck. for you to tell me where it fucking came from. Oh yeah. We're not the doing build. it on this episode. It's 900. I got to be happy on this one. Yeah. Yeah. The Bill de Blasio. I, I played clips of that on our podcast, him doing the uh, the shape shack. Get your shack, get your vex, and all that shit. They've tried, they're doing it over here. So like Uber, you can get a free Uber to the vaccine center. <laughs> With the amount of taxes I pay, I should be able to walk outside of my door <laughs> onto a golden fucking street and just get in my car. And at every stop sign, someone should just come over and suck my dick. That should be what I should be offered in my neighborhood for the taxes I pay to live here. But I don't. That doesn't happen. Really? Is it? What? How does it work? What's like the taxation system? Because you have things like sales taxes and stuff, don't you? We have taxes on basically everything except, yeah. I think, what's, what's, what's but doesn't it, it different? It's different in different states, isn't it? Because I think. Don't yeah. some states not have income tax? The state beside us, Delaware, doesn't do taxes. Right. But I don't think, like, what what are you talking about? Like, a, if a water's 59 here, 159 here, that's $1.59. That's with tax. So then when I go to Delaware, a water's just 159 in general. 
So I'm like, you're, you're still fucking paying the tax. It just doesn't add on an extra fee. Whatever you see on the sticker is the price they're giving you. It's like well, when the- you go to a grocery store and they say it's two for the price of one. Well, it's two for six dollars. Okay, well, originally one is three dollars. All you're doing is putting a yellow fucking sticker on it, and then everyone else is like, oh, it's two for six dollars. No, it's not. It's the same shit. Well, the the average person in the UK, I think you can earn about nine thousand pound. I, I got stuck paying. when I did that face. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can earn about nine grand before you start paying taxes, and then after you've earned that, you you pay twenty two percent income tax. And then you pay 12% national insurance. So you pay about 30, 32%, I think. The math is hurting my brain. And then, like you said, we've got all the taxes on different things. We have value added tax, which I think is 20% at the moment, or is it 18%? So on, on goods, like if you buy a TV, there'll be like a 20% tax on that. If you can choose where your tax money goes, where would you want it to go? If you could choose anything. Oh, um, Free ponies for everyone. Who's that guy that wanted that? Mandat- mandatory, mandatory toothbrushing laws. Free ponies and uh, UFO development. Okay. Is that right? Vote for me. That was, that, was, for no. that, that was three things. I only asked for one, but okay. Okay. You're an outside you the box you, thinker. Do you not want a pony? Mm, I'm okay. Who was that one guy that was running for presidential candidate? That wanted that he had a boot on his head. Vermin Supreme. Yeah, he wanted everyone to have a free pony. Yeah, that's where I got it from. You know who I would vote to be president? <laughs> who actually ran for president but didn't get it? Who? Ron White. The comedian <laughs> I was telling you about. President. Yeah, the one I was telling you about earlier about the joke with the, oh. the, the transvestite scene on Oahu. He was he ran for president and he was actually on the ballot and he actually got a lot of votes, but he wasn't like a mate. They're not going to let him go. He was the Free American Party or something like that. Yeah, he wouldn't be a Democrat, would he? He said he wanted to put a net over Canada to stop all those fucking geese from coming over here. And I'm like, I agree with that shit. I come across those things daily and they walk around with such fucking confidence where they're like, you're not going to hit me. You're not going to hit me. They could fly over the damn street. Hard as nails, blight swans, zero folks given. Break your arm. I watched a girl. There's a uh, swan that was trending on all over the internet, like the guy who was drinking the sea spray thing and on the skateboard. Um, remember that? It was like during the pandemic when things were getting close to opening back up or lockdown was about to be over with over here. There was a guy skateboarding. He was drinking ocean spray and there was just a song playing. And it was like this sign of like the internet's been restored. Everyone's happy again. It's like a sign of like, he got a, a bunch of follows, like a millions of followers from that and a lot of like TV uh, interviews and shit. But oh my god! There was a girl that was petting a like going to pet a swan, and she had her mask down. And the swan went to go bite her face and grabbed her mask and pulled it, and then it slipped out of its mouth and it went up and covered her mouth. And this they made a meme of it saying, "Swan says, put your mask on." And I'm like, "No, that thing didn't give a fuck about your mask. It wanted to bite your fucking nose off and make you look like Michael Jackson." I think the queen owns all the swans in the UK. I think if you kill a swan, I think that's an offense. I think you can go in the Tower of London for that. Oh, did she pardon the swans? I think she owns them. There's a tower she in London them. that they throw people in? You never heard of the Tower of London? No, that sounds awful. Yeah, it was. It's not. Uh, it's just like a museum now. But, you know, back in back in the day, 
medieval period and all that, or, well, even later than that, if you were a political adversary or you were caught for treason or something, they'd throw you in the Tower of London and let you rot. Quite a, quite a famous, it's one of the big tourist traps in London. Is that what the they tower. do? The tourists go in and they never come out because they're trapped in there to be locked down forever? <laughs> do you know, I don't think I've ever been. Do you, do you know what the beef eaters are? Like yeah. those guys in the red costume, the red and black Oh, costume. that's what they're called? Yeah, they're called beef eaters, yeah. And they're, they're like They're like the guards for the Tower of London, like the royal guards. All this, all that like weird, it's, it's like I watched a video of um, Biden and it was like the security team walking him into the White House and they're pointing at him to I go. I got hairy legs. <laughs> Did you <laughs> get out of here? There was a, there was a, all the secret service guys were pointing at him to walk through the door to his left, like go left, go left. And oh, then the, saw it. the one dude turned around and started walking and the guy, he kept following him onto the lawn and kept going. I'm like, <sighs> Jesus Christ. He just doesn't, he just has no idea, does he? He has no idea what's going on. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Yeah, it, I know, it's like, it's just, you can't make any sense. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. I'm... <laughs> I love him, he's great. He gave up. <laughs> You yeah. gotta get the recent. You gotta give the recent soundbite of what just happened now, recently when oh. we we're recording this. Why? What's happened? Look at the recent trash uh, hashtag trending. It's instructed. If you click oh. of that, it's a clip of Biden during his speech where he talks about the cabal airport situation, and he goes, "I have been instructed to call upon MSNBC," and then names the person. And it's like, wait a minute, did they talk to her and line up softball questions for him? Like he's instructed to call. It's like Saki. Saki only calls on the same fucking dumb fuck every single time. Did you hear us say uh, pandemic this week? Oh, just, I don't. I don't even want to do it on the nine hundred van. Maybe another. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she let it drop. Never mind. I, I wish that you had to pick the lesser of two evils, and then you get this, and then I'm like, I don't even. Oh well. Let's get Tulsi Gabbard in there. I like her. She seems uh, she seems full of spunk. Until they called her a Russian spy, and they're like, where's your evidence? Doesn't matter. You've already said it. And now everyone sees that front page headline that ran for four fucking days. Mind you, I think she's uh, CFR, isn't she? She's uh, ex-counsel on foreign relations. So probably not to be trusted. She's from Hawaii. They can't be that bad at people. No, is she from? Is she born and raised in Hawaii? Yeah. Right. She used to take trips there between all of her meetings and stuff like that on like a 10 hour flight just to get a couple hours of surfing time. You got to watch out for these, for these fuckers who've been on all these NGOs like uh, council on foreign relations and the Atlantic council and Bilderbergers and all these fuckers world economic forum. Is that your message to the people? Yeah. You can't trust them. Don't trust anybody. Don't even trust us. No, no, definitely. I'm not trustworthy whatsoever. I would trust but, you. If but I I'm, you. I'm not asking to be like the leader of the free world, though. I, I'm, I think you should be automatically disqualified if you uh, volunteer for that job. If you've ever donated blood, you should never be president. If you've ever donated blood, yes. How's that? What do you mean by that? Just if you ever donated blood to save another person's life, you can't be president. Why? Because you donated blood. 
I don't get it. It doesn't need to make sense. Just fucking agree. Oh, right. Phil. Okay. Just agree. Oh, is this how this works? That's how the world <laughs> agree works. with me. You sound like a dictator. One you sound day. like a dictator. A dictator? <laughs> I get it. He's talking about... Clip it, everybody. Clip it. He's against gay people. No, I, I love gay people. Good. I'm happy for you. Do you love them too much? Can you? I don't think you can. I think I what you're that insinuating. Just, that just means you join the team. Uh, well, that would be fine, wouldn't it, Robbie? It would be fine. No, I'm uh, heterosexual. You never had an inkling. Have you ever had a, an heter inkling? Heterosexual doesn't exist. You have to say you're cisgender. No, I'm not playing that game. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going down that road. Whatever you feel inside. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I've no being non-judgmental. Live and let live. I like that. That's live the idea, life. isn't it? What sound bites do you have to play and wrap up the show? Because we're heading towards the two hours. What would you like? Anything in particular? What do you have available as options? Grab his dick and twist it. Oh my why no i'm not ending on that and give me something to end on i'm gonna let you pick i'll let you pick one of three options how dare you no, no. i don't know after there's, there's that many do you not have um, an ending thing to your i can't have children with a whore <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's good life advice gary v quotes for sure but definitely not something to wrap the show up on Oh, well, well what, do you, what do you mean something sort of happy? If the show something optimistic, just something that has an ending to it, not questions like, let me grab his dick and twist it. What is that? That's a question scenario that you're logging somebody into. Right. I've got it. I don't this is you. such a crock of shit. That's a good one. I would end it on that one. It is a crock of shit. Okay, I've got no. This is a better one for you, for you specifically, specifically for you on episode uh, nine hundred, Robbie. How about this for a finish here? Literally, the best mate. <laughs> I like that one. That, there's a tongue lick in there. I heard of like he licked his lips. <laughs> yeah. I know you soundbodied yourself from one of the episodes we recorded. Did I? Yeah, you soundbodied something. Uh, probably. I'm a blind man. No, I think it was your Nordic impression. Because uh, I heard you say it again. And I was like, that is exactly from our episode. Come here, Goose, you big stud. That's definitely not it. Um, <laughs> I don't think you ever called me Goose. Come on, man. I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. Okay. Well, is there any message you want to say? To the, it's a 900 episode. It's a one in a lifetime event. Yeah, well, congratulations. Here's to 900 more. Oh, God, I hope I'm dead by then. But <laughs> <laughs> so a message to the people out there where people can find you, Amish Phil. Appreciate you for doing the 900 with me. Just go to the armistinquisition.com. Everything's there. If you've got room in your ear holes, ear holes for another podcast, toss check it out. Toss a coin, toss a coin. Yeah, toss a coin to, to your witcher while you're there as well. <laughs>